something like I want to get away with, then I'll go and burst with them so that I can walk my way around it. Because <laughs> I'm a jerk. <laughs> you sent me an email? Yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Oh, I totally forgot that I didn't oh, want to do what we agreed yeah. on doing. Oh, so sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. I forgot <laughs> all this, all this important mumbo jumbo for you. Yeah, that I didn't want to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or that I thought was stupid, so I decided I didn't want to didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> well, now that we've got that preamble, that we can cut off uh, to b- the beginning of at least. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Are, are you guys all ready to roll? Rock and roll. I think all so. right. All right. Well, in that case, welcome back, dear listeners, to Dance Robot Dance, our 67th episode and our last epilo- episode of the spoopy Halloween season. Spoopy. Spoopy. You guys are really fucking sticking to that in one. Your, eh? your spoopy. Your spoopy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that will stay dormant until next fucking October. Are you coming back all the time now? Yeah, I think that's that's a new staple. That's a new uh, one of our new uh, uh, new new call signs. I was so happy when that, when Mark wrote that it like made him spit his coffee up. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew as soon as he posted that, I was like, yeah, I know where he lost his shit because <laughs> it's where I lost my shit. <laughs> I quit the podcast, guys. I think. <laughs> Again, yeah, your your mom was really upset that you quit the yeah, podcast. Why did you- I know. <laughs> yeah, just gonna come over and beat beat the sense back into you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what doing this is is making a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we have our uh, usual suspects here this week. Uh, I'm Tim. I'm going to be hosting this episode, and with us tonight we have Christy. Yo. And Mark. What's going on, guys? And nobody else. Nobody. Maybe we have some ghosts. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's spooky ghosts. Oh, there's always three and a half hosts that can come through. That's true. Yeah, one spooky utensil Mark. clanking ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> utensil rattling ghost. Um. So yeah, how are you guys doing this week? Busy. Yeah, pretty yeah. busy. Pretty pretty busy. Pretty yeah. Busy. Been a hectic week for me too, with the combined like upcoming Halloween stuff. And Halloween for me is like a month long thing, as you guys know. Yes, we're well aware. Yeah, and uh, and work stuff as well. So yeah, it's it's been been busy, but the generally the good kind of busy. Um, yeah. All right. Well, then uh, let's get into this week's news. Not a whole lot of shit going on, which is is good. There was a lot of stuff going on last week. Not all of it very good. So uh, we did have another sort of um, uh, musical icon death just today. Not quite as heartbreaking as last week, uh, but uh, Fats Domino, pioneer of rock and roll, uh, passed away just today, actually, as we're recording this at the age of 89. So famous for songs like uh, uh, "Walking to New Orleans" and "Blueberry Hill," and yeah, <laughs> that one. I mean, it's, he was—he was an old guy, and obviously yeah. lived a full life, making a lot of music, and uh, but still, it's weird. Yep. Yeah. But uh, getting into more sort of nerdy stuff, um, we're starting to get some little details and bits and pieces about the next season of daredevil which is way the fuck out at this point but we have confirmation now that the kingpin will be back in it uh nice so, yeah was anybody is anybody surprised 
No, I mean, it hadn't been, like, everybody kind of knew it was going to happen. It's just they hadn't, like, officially yeah, confirmed it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so. They switched their showrunners, too. I didn't see the names on it, but they uh, they added a new showrunner, too. Yeah, um, Eric Olison, uh, son, son of Ol, I guess, uh, is <laughs> uh, who is currently the executive producer on Man in the High Castle and Arrow is replacing the current showrunners. Ooh, well... I don't know how I feel about the the arrow thing. Man of High Castle is on my list, um, so I got I got a long list of things I need to go backtrack now. But yeah, Man in the High Castle is is really cinematic in the way that it's filmed and told and stuff like that, and um, very very serialized more so than Arrow is. And th- those two, I think, would both make a pretty good fit for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like that sounds like he's got the pedigree to do something awesome. So we'll see how mm-hmm. it works out. I mean, to be fair, ninety percent of this stuff is like not really the netflix like the writer's vision it's usually just kind of like what does marvel want to do so yeah yeah so um yeah what else was there uh i'll leave that one for last we also got some more marvel news in that james mangold the director of logan is working on a script for an x23 movie that's awesome yeah that's i'm fucking, fucking awesome down to see laura just fucking tear into some motherfuckers as long as they don't make it like a you know really like young adult kind of thing i can see them going that way have you seen the trailer for the new mutants no i've I've been going back and forth on whether or not to see it i think you should watch it because it's very different yeah like it's it's leaning it's like they're doing a horror movie with mm-hmm. mutants in it and i was like this is really weird but like i'm i'm hmm. at the very least i'm more intrigued by that than anything else fox has done in the last little while i mean like logan aside like i just knew that was going to be good but like in terms of goading me into seeing another movie that yeah. trailer i was like oh that's interesting and like it's a different take than what they've been doing so yeah i'm curious to see what it's like mm. okay um yeah so I, I still haven't even watched the gifted yet i need to need to get on that but after halloween probably yeah don't rush yeah <laughs> um let's see the well i mean stranger things comes out on friday we were just talking about that but the reviews are starting to drop now and generally speaking they've been pretty good from what i've seen it's, like at this point it's a netflix show like it's like, probably going to be decent like yeah. at least watchable kind of thing yeah. like, what's the worst thing that we've talked about that was that bad i mean okay iron fist was <laughs> in the second half of luke cage and yeah the second half of luke cage um, but it, well i think but with stranger things especially like the level of hype for it was super high and yeah. the fact that it sounds like it is living up to that uh, is pretty exciting so well the trailer for the the new season popped up because netflix just autoplays fucking everything now in the most infuriating way possible <laughs> you don't have to have that mine doesn't autoplay do you, I, I, can you turn it off on the PlayStation yep. 4 app? Because I haven't figured out you how to do it. turn it off on anyway. your app on their phone, and it goes for all of your accounts. Oh, oh nice. Interesting. Good to know. Let's take a look at that. But, uh, yeah, it, I just it looks so glossy compared to the original. Like, it doesn't have... I don't know if it's just because they haven't processed everything, and they're just editing, like, raw digital footage. Mm-hmm. But the trailer looks so, like, pretty and, like, cgi And I was like, oh, it's too glossy now. It doesn't look like that. <laughs> film grainy 80s thing anymore i'm assuming yeah. they'll fucking they'll run it through whatever filter that is when they actually put it up for streaming but the yeah. trailer i was like holy shit this is like a like a big budget movie now as opposed to a little weird b story like the original mm. was right 
Yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways it's good that maybe they're stepping away and they're trying to do something new rather than just trying to rehash the original season kind of thing. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm definitely excited for that and we'll be trying to watch it. Uh, I'll I'll watch at least some of it on Friday when it comes out. Yeah, same here, for sure. Speaking of uh, online streaming series, uh, we already got an announcement that Star Trek Discovery has been renewed for a second season. I'm not surprised. It did good numbers on that. T- like it did like nine million people viewing or something like that on the Sunday that it premiered on TV, yeah. like actual TV. So I'm not surprised it's doing all right, like well enough that they'll renew it. Well, it also like they'd made a shit ton already off selling the international streaming rights. So yeah. like you know the US is just a fucking clusterfuck because they're only doing it on CBS All Access or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in Canada, you've got to get it on. Was it? Crave. Well, you get you get it. It airs on Sunday on Space, and then afterwards is immediately available on Crave TV. It's the worst, as per usual. Canada gets the worst possible fucking <laughs> setup for like a new media release because. Yeah. But CRTC and fuck you, I guess. So. <laughs> but like everywhere else, uh, it's on Netflix, and Netflix yeah. paid a shitload for those international streaming rights. So they basically already had enough money to sort of like uh, fund the second season, from what I've been reading. So yeah, I remember even before they were the show premiered, they were talking about it having like it was already like in the green kind of thing, yeah. or whatever in the black, I guess. Um, yeah. Because they really rare for TV shows. Yeah, yeah, but because exactly the reason why you said that, like those the license rights for um that looked gross <laughs> um the license like the licensing for that was probably mm-hmm. astronomical plus if they were opening their own streaming service you know they held netflix up like crazy to get them to pay out yeah mark so. is saying that i i just had the cherry in my drink and i'll tell you guys what my drink <laughs> is in a little bit but that's what he was saying was gross yeah it looked really gross when yeah, those <laughs> you, you liked it I well, I didn't say I didn't Love like it. it. it <laughs> and uh, let's see. I mean, that was more or less it. The only other things I had a couple fun ones, but I don't know if there's much point because they're pretty visual. I uh, Io9 put out uh, or Gizmodo put out a list of the most mind-boggling, sexy costumes of no. Halloween this year. If you feel like uh, listening in on that list for <laughs> remember when John minutes. Oliver was one last year. Was it like sexy John Oliver? Mm-hmm. Oh God! Um, the the one that I've seen making the rounds is uh, upside down honey, which is basically like sexy Eleven from Strange Stranger Ew. Things. Just That's weird because she's that is like very weird. Eleven, eleven, eleven years old, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's um, um one that's like yeah. pussy grabber or something like that. Oh fuck. There's, there's a sexy Yoshi <laughs> on this list. That the, a, the sexy Yoshi is pretty funny, actually. Like the little <laughs> headpiece and stuff. I like that. There's a, a dancing sewer clown, uh, which is basically sexy Pennywise. Yeah, there's... Oh, God, it's just horrifying. There's a sexy beast from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Male and female versions. <laughs> and a sexy bell to go along with it, too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Ruthless Galactic Warrior, which is a sexy Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> There's the sexy Stormtrooper. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Sexy Queen of the North. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, that's there. The yeah. men ones are fucking hysterical. <laughs> Bulky Sheep. Bulky Sheep, that's... Yeah, I gotta get into one of those. <laughs> yeah, you should... Uh, maybe I'll share this on our, our, our Facebook page, but yeah, there's some fucking ridiculous ones there. Mr. Pilot, which is like a mankini yeah. pilot outfit. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's pretty awesome. Jesus Christ. Tis the season for ridiculous, sexy costumes. That being said, Alicia is uh, going as a sexy Viking uh, this year. So we're going to a party, a big like party at an old like uh, Victorian mansion that has a huge backyard and like a huge open bar kind of thing. So nice. Yeah. I think I'm going as uh, Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas again. Nice. Mm-hmm. We should all put pictures up of our costumes on our Facebook page or something. That'll be really easy because I can just put a picture of me regularly. Mark <laughs> um, doesn't do anything fun. <laughs> I just don't have any reason to dress up. I got to go to work and then hand out candy. So, because unlike you guys, I get swamped on Halloween. Yeah, I'm so jealous. We do not. I wish yeah, we I'm did. I'm so jealous. Yeah, this house. Come over, man. This house gets crushed every year. The thing yeah. is that I won't get home from work in time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll all be done. That's the problem. Is that home. kids are done by like six thirty. Well, I had P- I had stragglers come to like eight last year, eight nine o'clock somewhere. Yeah, there. but stragglers. <laughs> I still had a hundred plus kids, so nice. I'm so jealous. I had one last year. Yeah. That was what we had in the we first had, like in our old two. house. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, like, there's so many places that do like the like trunk or treat thing now and that sort of yeah. thing, and that's just, just isn't Halloween. Yeah, it happens in fucking daylight, and yeah, boring. Yeah. What are you gonna do? It's I don't want to seem like you know the old old man get off my lawn kind of thing, but that's just <laughs> not that's just not right. Yep, agreed. But yeah, that was that was pretty much all I had. It was a pretty slow nerdy news week. Uh, unless you guys had anything else to add? Nope. New Gore Downey album comes out on Friday, like the last his last one. Yeah. So. I don't know. I haven't heard it yet. I'm excited. We'll see. Yeah. I'm all excited. I want to see. I'm going to listen to it. But other than that, no. I don't know. There's not. There wasn't a lot going on this week. Yep. It's weird politics stuff. But yeah. But let's not talk about that. I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk enough for that. I like it when we bring it up and then not talk about it. So yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, in that case, let us move on to our. Uh, so let's go to Mark first. What was the geekiest thing that you did this week? Well, m- mine kind of, I mean, really the geekiest thing I did was kind of ties into our meet of the episode in that, <laughs> like, I binged that show in, like, three days yeah. and working. So <laughs> that is probably the geekiest thing I did this week. Um, otherwise, oh, I started playing uh, Fractured But Whole. Oh, is it good? On the weekend. It's pretty cool. You'll probably like it more than I do. It's very, like, it's a tactical, like, grid-based RPG, mm-hmm. which is just not my fucking game style at all, so. What what but, skin tone of character did you choose? Oh, I was as white as white gets. <laughs> well, you're going to be a black woman. No, 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 no. I don't want to suffer through the game. Super hard mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's already not his favorite kind of game. He's not going to yeah. also play it in the hardest difficulty setting. Yeah, exactly, right? I'm just in it because I just kind of want to hear the story. The story's not as good as the Stick of Truth, but there's still some good shit in there. So mm-hmm. Plus, it's all South Park and superheroes, so it's right up my alley, Yeah, basically. So nice. that was uh, that's kind of the... I guess that was probably the other geekiest thing I did this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Christy, what was the geekiest thing you did this week? The geekiest thing I did this week. I got back into Horizon Zero Dawn, but like that's not that geeky. It's a cool game. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't do a lot of geeky things this week. I started a new play. 
Yeah. Well, didn't you have your? Uh, oh no, that was a couple weeks ago that you had your improv improv show. Oh, that was two weeks ago. Okay. Or a week and a half. But um, yeah, no, I think uh, I started a new play um, in Julius Caesar, which is going to be fun, and uh, I get lots of. Well, I don't get a lot of, but I have some really fun scenes where I get to be killed by spears. Nice. Not not Jay Spears, just like throwy spears. <laughs> That's probably coming too, though. So. E-A-R-S. Yeah. <laughs> I think, though, the funniest thing that's happened to me this week is how many people have brought up that fucking ALF post. Oh, I know what the geekiest thing was. Okay, it's not geeky. It's just stereotypical dumb Christy. Mark... I sent Mark, my Mark, uh, a video last night of this uh, of this honey dessert, <laughs> and like it's something they make in Korea, and they make it into a fine like <laughs> string. Yeah, hi Paul, and um, they make it into this really fine like sixteen thousand string sort of dessert. Oh, and- it's uh, dra- Dragon's Beard. Yes, that's it. Yep. And, it's it's um, basically like hand-pulled candy floss. Yeah. Or, yeah. And um, I started like getting really gaggy watching it, but I sent it to Mark. And then he came into the room and he was like, oh, sorry, I thought about it. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, why do you do this to yourself? Why would you send me this? And I was like, because I love you and I know you might like it. And then he was like, yeah, but it's going to make you think about other shit. And I was like, like seriously, almost like vomited two or three times because it just started off my, my, um, She's, my oh, God. I don't understand this train of thought though. Like where, what, how'd you get from that to something the that fucking Falcor? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, how do you go from, how do you go from like spun can spun sugar? Basically. Oh, uh, gross. <laughs> Just because it was like long and furry? No, I just. Oh, so gross. <laughs> At least she did it to herself this time. Yeah, but I was like almost throwing up last night. He had like. He was just like, babe. You don't look like you're doing much better right now. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just like, babe, go to the bathroom. And I was like, no. No, it's okay. I, I got this. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> you're going to throw up. Throw up over the side of the bed. And I was like, <laughs> just. Trying so hard not to puke. Jesus, it's the worst. It's oh, it's so awful. So <laughs> awful. Um, will you tell us the uh, should not be allowed to drink at work story? I forgot about that. No, not here. <laughs> okay. Sorry, listeners. Maybe after some time has passed, <laughs> give me another give me another two weeks, and I'll bring it up. I brought I brought it up, so I feel like I did my my due diligence. Once the statute of limitations on it has worn off, yeah, 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 like it's been a couple of episodes, then I'll I'll tell it because it's, excuse me, it's pretty embarrassing, and <laughs> it it was it was pretty dumb. Almost had a, no, I'm not gonna say it. No, well, you gotta wait, you gotta wait. <laughs> It'll happen. Teasing us here. I don't mean to tease you, but it, you'll you'll get the story. You'll you'll get it. You just gotta wait a bit. It's like how I can't share this. After I talk about that thing that I talk about, you, you gotta wait. You yeah. Gotta wait. <laughs> All right. Well, 
then I will go ahead and do my nerdiest thing this week. Um, I've her geekiest thing. Let's see. I I've been watching a lot of like horror TV and movies and stuff like that as I always do around Halloween. But probably the peak of it this past week of my Halloween nerdery was that uh, last night Alicia and I went with some friends to uh, Netherworld, which is like the biggest uh, haunted attraction, haunted house in atlanta and uh it's wasn't amazing yeah it's always awesome we know some of the people that work on it like um we know the person that like heads up their costume department and stuff like that and a couple people that like are actors in the mazes and stuff uh not all the time but like part-time kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah and it always uh gets like listed on like the you know top five or top ten like haunts in the u.s kind of list so uh it's definitely a lot of fun. Um, we've been, I think, every year for like the last four or five years. They have a lot of really big, like impressive, uh, like animatronics and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of really cool, like lighting effects where it's really hard to see where stuff is coming at you from and that kind of thing. So they, uh, they really do like pull out all the stops and do a lot of sort of unexpected stuff, which is always fun to see. Um, and we went with our one friend who loves like horror and haunted houses and stuff like that, but she just, it's so easily startled. Um, and like her first impulse is to like, just curl up on the ground in a little fucking ball anytime she gets scared. So it's pretty entertaining going through. We always make her go first. I feel like you've told this story before. Yeah, I probably have. Probably did last year. So yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to go back and listen to our Halloween episode last year, I probably told almost the exact same story last year. Cause... I'm pretty sure you did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're ever in Georgia around uh, like, you know, uh, anytime between like late September to early November, definitely go check out Netherworld. The second house was all like scary clowns this year. Uh, yeah it was pretty fucking horrifying and it was 3d like they gave you these like 3d glasses and a lot of the stuff in it was like neon paint uh like uv reactive paint and uh and it's because of the the glasses it makes different colors like stand out and look like it's coming out of the wall kind of thing so there was a lot of really cool like optical effects and stuff like that there's one room that was just like all black except there were like polka dots on the walls and there were performers that were in there in like all black outfits with little polka dots on them so you couldn't see them until you were like right on top of them or like they started moving straight at you and shit like that that's awesome really good and at the end of the second house as well they had literally a room just like full of foam like floor to ceiling like eight foot high just wall of foam you walk in it's just like bright white you can't see anything kind of thing sounds amazing like shaving cream uh, not, not exactly like, um, almost like soap kind of foam. Um, oh. but yeah, uh, like, like if you put the wrong kind of soap in your dishwasher kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Okay>. Fair <laughs> but yeah, a lot of fun. So, all right. Well with that, uh, let us move on to our meat of the episode. Meat. <laughs> Organ meat. Gonna eat that sweet, sweet human meat. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so, at the uh, recommendation of our listeners, back when I did that poll and said, like, what should I watch next? Uh, a lot of people, including our my co-hosts, uh, recommended that I watch Hannibal. 
So I went through and watched it a, few, a month or so ago, and uh, and I loved it. And so uh, uh, I figured we should do an episode on it. This is probably going to be our last like Halloweeny, spooky kind of episode. So I figured that would be a good uh, good way to end off our Halloween season with people eating people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do tonight. Before we get to that, I'm going to talk about my drink for the week which is uh, actually a leftover from our cocktails and cupcakes party on the weekend uh but it's i th- i think somewhat appropriate since i made like all sort of scary themed drinks this one is called the widow uh and i'm pretty sure that hannibal left some fucking widows in his wake so i think it i think it works that way totally uh it is <laughs> it is a concoction of uh gin um elderflower liqueur chartreuse which is like a french herbal liqueur uh grapefruit lemon and an amarena cherry which is kind of like a maraschino cherry but a little fancier and not quite as just ridiculously sweet so and uh has a nice like sort of ethereal whitish green tinge to it Ooh. oh yeah and it's strong as fuck um, all right. So yeah, I went ahead and asked the guys some questions about, uh, Hannibal. Um, first off, I want to, I don't know if I put this one in the list of questions or not. I can't remember at this point, but I first, I just want everybody's sort of history with Hannibal Lecter, the character and the story and stuff like that. Like, did you read the books? Did you watch Silence of the Lambs? That sort of thing. And uh, maybe up to like your first experience with Hannibal, the show. Uh, Let's go with Christy first. Well, my first experience with Hannibal Lecter was definitely Silence of the Lambs. And like seeing that movie years ago. How old were you, do you think? Oh, I had to be maybe like 14, 15. And uh, my dad made me watch it because he said that the performances were outstanding. True. And if I wanted to be an actor, I needed to watch Jodie Foster act off of Anthony Hopkins in this movie. True. Those two performances against each other were fucking phenomenal. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, if you want to... You have to, if you're going to, you know, get into acting, I'm going to make you watch movies where people act really well. Acting! Acting! <laughs> so he made you watch a whole bunch of William Shatner movies, what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, that's why when I'm on stage, I really like dramatic pauses. When you act <laughs> every word individually, they all have me <laughs> um but uh yeah so uh there was uh that that was my first experience watching and learning about hannibal and since then I, i've watched all the movies but uh i think my favorite will always be silence of the lambs just because it was so good yeah like it was just really well done and then like the and also i have a special place in my heart for that scene with dwight schrute <laughs> When he takes the mask off of the um, CPR dummy in the office, <laughs> puts it on his face, like, I just wanted to see, I didn't believe that it was actually possible to do that and have a <laughs> mask fit your face, but now I know. Now I know that Hannibal was right. Yeah, that, but, was, uh, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah, paraphrasing. <laughs> but yeah, so there was that. And then I guess I started watching Hannibal because my mark was really into it. He was like, you're going to love this show. Catch up. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, no, you have to trust me. It's beautiful. And it'll make you think. And it'll make you smarter. 
and he knows my <laughs> love of affinity and like for stories about serial killers like i just find them fascinating so this was such a cool like just literal peek into the mind of you know a a brilliant killer and the fact that like watching will empathize with all of the serial killers and being able to put himself in those positions and literally breaking down how the thought process would work for all of these murderers and why it functioned and like was the way it was and how each murder had an intricate tie to um, some sort of either emotional level or um, lack thereof. I just thought it was fascinating. So I like ate that shit up. <laughs> pardon the pun. Nice. Well, this is this is a new side that we haven't seen to Christy before. I didn't know about this serial killer interest fetish thing. Um, oh yeah. Who's your Who's your favorite serial killer then? Oh, your favorite I real one. That's a weird question. That's yeah, Halloween. Probably, <laughs> probably um, Gacy. Yeah, scary clown guy. It's a good point. Yeah, I like Gacy's good. He, John Wayne Gacy, had the fucking weirdest backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, and so much about him was so like just no one will ever understand his motives. Or why he did the things he did, or you know why he was a psychopath like that, like because he's a repressed homosexual. But I, that seems to be pretty much what I got from most of his stuff. <laughs> but I, another one of my favorites, favorites would probably be um, AJ Holmes. I like the yeah, the fact that he built himself a weird fucked up house is just oh crazy. yeah, that's the guy that had like all the skin lamps and shit, wasn't it? Ah, uh, no, that's Ed Gein. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ed Gein was another, those are probably my top three. Oh, H.A. Holmes is the old, like, Victorian era one, right? Yeah, well, it's well, like, yeah. it's post-colonialism, like, it's in America, but it's, yeah. I think it might be pre-Civil War, I'm it's, not sure anymore. No, it's like, oh, uh, late 19- late 1800s. Is it late 1800s? Yeah. Gacy, Gacy is pretty crazy. Actually, I'd probably put H.H. H. Holmes above Gacy and, uh, what was the one we just said? H.H. H. Holmes? Uh, no, no. Ed Gein? Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah. Yeah. It would probably go, actually, now that you've said it, it's probably AJ's Holmes, Ed Gein, Gacy. And then there's this crazy female serial killer from the 1900s or late 1800s. And she killed like 30 of her husbands that she kept marrying and like burying. It was pretty crazy. But AJ's Holmes was just like twisted as hell. And the fact that he would like sell back the skeletons that he'd like. <laughs> took out of these people that he murdered to science. I'm just like, <laughs> what? And like the murder castle he built. And people have speculated that he's actually the Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Because he was in yeah. London at the same time. And they have, there's been many studies done that the first three or four, I think it's three murders were done by the same person, but the rest were copycat killers. Yeah. The, uh, if you guys are really curious, you want to deep dive this stuff and you want like, well, maybe more Tim and I's sense of humor. I think, like, we've talked about last podcast on the left before. They do these, like, episode, like, multiple episode long deep dives into, like, the backstory of the serial killer. So there, there's, yeah. um, like, a three episode long thing about H.H. Holmes and, like, goes right into, like, how he built the house and how he fucked everybody over and, like, his sidekicks and all that weird shit. Like, oh, yeah, the sidekick whose family he ended up taking after he'd killed them. He took yeah. Them and killed them on the train, like, along the train rails. Yeah. 
So yeah, it's definitely like something to look at. Last podcast on the left, but if you want something a little more gory and a little more like intense, Sword and Scale is where I learned about this. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like to laugh at the same time because otherwise it just gets a little too grim for my taste. But <laughs> Nah, I'm into it. Was the, the female one you were talking about, was it uh, Belle Gunnis? Yes. Norwegian-American serial killer from yeah. 1959. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, in like the late uh, 1800s. Yeah, she would kill guys for their money, for their um, insurance money. Mm. She, was, she was absolutely nuts of bananas. Is that the technical term you want to use? Yeah. <laughs> Man, no, seriously, you don't, you don't, you gotta, you gotta read about it. I've, I've read never about heard it. of her before. Oh my god, she's crazy. Nice. All right, that was fun. Like not so bad. Uh, all right. Well, let's get back to Mark. What was your experience with uh the fictional serial killer Hannibal Lecter? Yeah, I saw Silence of the Lambs, and I'm like, and the running theme of my talking about this kind of stuff is that I probably saw it younger than I should have. Like it was. We were pretty young when that came out. Like, when did that come out? 91? 93, I think. No, I think it's 91, man. It's earlier than that. I just had the article open. Yeah, hold on. Oh, yeah, 91. You're right. 91, yeah. So, yeah, we saw it probably when it came out on video. I managed to fucking check it out. And it's one of the, it's, it's now it's one of my favorite movies. And like between that, like I always feel like this and it's a couple years later, but like when Seven came out, like those two movies kind of like. Mm -hmm really codify the way like you do the whole kind of horror supernatural well not not supernatural sorry i should say yeah um like serial Real killer kind of story world, yeah. yeah so those two and like the way they they're so influential especially uh silence of the lambs is like so influential on like the x-files which i was a big fan of mm-hmm. in that era too kind of thing because when they didn't do aliens and shit and they did serial killer stuff it you could feel lot, that like, yeah yeah they just leaned right into that silence of the lamb style so, like so much so that they did that millennium show for three years too right like mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I saw Silence of the Lambs really young. I eventually ended up going and, like, reading the books. I, like, I've also followed, like, I've watched all the movies. I even saw Hannibal Rising when it came out on video because I wasn't going to see that piece of shit in theaters. <laughs> but those were definitely a case of diminishing returns over the course of time. But, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, I've read the books since then, although it was, like, fucking eons ago now. So I, I don't know if I have any particularly clear recollection of anything that happened in them. You read all of them? I've, well, I've read, so Silence of the Lambs. Red Dragon, Hannibal, and I read Hannibal Rising too, and that was okay. God awful piece of shit. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. Um, and then how did you get to Hannibal? Well, I was like, I was, I'm like, in, uh, by then when that started, I was in peak TV snob mode, so I was just like, oh, it's a show that critics are talking about, but nobody's actually watching. I am in, so I started watching <laughs> it. About halfway through season one, I caught on, like a couple episodes in, and caught up, and have been on board ever since. So that's why yeah. when we did this, I was like, fuck, I should watch it again because it's been three or four years since it went off the air. So that was my geek of the week for real is I actually binged this entire show in the last three days, including <laughs> being at work, watching it on my phone. So that I could be like, have something cogent to say about this. Which I didn't tell these guys they had to do like, you could have just read, gone back and read like the synopsis. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a long time and I would have just been like <laughs> regurgitating Wikipedia shit. I wanted to have like an actual opinion again. Cause Fair enough. I liked the show. So I enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, for me, um, I'm <laughs> going to be pretty much the same story overall. Uh, I Silence of the Lands was my first exposure to Hannibal Lecter. I didn't watch it when it first came out. I probably saw it like late to mid nineties or something like that when I was in like my l- mid to late teens or something, um, for the first time. Uh, and yeah, I was definitely like taken with it. Like I wouldn't say I was like 
it didn't like become one of my favorite movies or anything, but it, I definitely could appreciate it. And uh, it was definitely a very impactful story and sort of really unique kind of uh, suspense to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 hadn't really been seen before, kind of thing. Um, and I think that's what drew a lot of people to it. And then I did go. I, I don't think I went to the uh, theaters and saw them, but I definitely did see Red Dragon. I saw Hannibal. I'm pretty sure I saw Hannibal Rising, but I don't think it made much of an impression on me. Yeah, I don't think I saw that one actually. It don't bother. And uh, I think I've even seen Manhunter. It also I don't think made much of an impression on me. I have seen Manhunter. Brian Cox is pretty good in it, but like vastly overshadowed by both of the two people who like took the role over afterwards, kind of thing. Like it doesn't do anything like fucking special or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a B. It's a Michael Mann movie though, but like, yeah. it's still it's still kind of like a B kind of movie that got made and came out and that was the end of it so yeah yeah and uh yeah i i, I barely remembered i'm pretty sure that i did like download it at some point so i was like i'm gonna watch all of the hannibal yeah. lecter movies and i was like oh there's this one that i'd never heard of before and so i went and got that one too and i was like that one was not as good as the other ones yeah no <laughs> <laughs> but and then uh yeah i already talked about how i got uh through hannibal at first i'd watched it the first time like about a month ago uh and i pretty much went through the whole series in like two and a half three weeks or something like that um yeah just just binged it like it was the sort of thing where i just put everything else on hold i was like yeah i need to see what happens next year because it's yeah. so heavily serialized and there's so much fucking like suspense Ugh. and shit in it so um that's one thing that it was really good at was like it, it was so good at making you wish you knew what was happening so much that you would just press play you couldn't not yeah go to the next episode yeah i was watching it on amazon prime video and i would just fucking let it go to the next one almost every time kind of thing yep my only my only sort of uh regret is that i was in a lot of cases i was like watching it like while i was working from home and shit like that so i wasn't necessarily able to give it the attention that it deserved because especially having come uh, having gone through it like in the second and third seasons especially second season especially i wish i could have like paid a little bit more stricter attention and caught like more little um you know exchanges and stuff like that rather than kind of just having it on on the side while i was doing other stuff so i feel like i do owe it another watch since there are a lot of layers and a lot of depth to it oh there's so much you can miss i would just watch season two probably again yeah Although I do like the Red Dragon stuff at the end, like in, in season three. Like, I like the way they redress that story for the mm-hmm. TV show. Um, but season two is, yeah, I like whatever, which kind of leads into your, your next question. So I'll have <laughs> uh, one, one of my next questions. I want to first go into this being the Halloween season and this being a show that's very much about like elaborate kills and staged uh, sort of. Uh, stage scenes of morbidity and that's and, and grotesqueness and that kind of thing. I want everybody to go around and say you go. You have maybe a couple, but uh, your favorite like kills and deaths in the uh, in the show. Uh, which one made you poopy in your spoopy the most? I quit the podcast. <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, let's go to Christy first. What was your favorite kill or kills? Well, I have a couple that still get me. Uh, One of the first ones that made me go like, holy shit, what is the show? Was the people um, being used to grow fungus and mushrooms. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 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 Unreal. 
Yeah, like yeah. when the guy came back to life, he was alive, and you're just like, oh fuck, like oh god, yeah, and just the horror that goes through like the process of keeping these people technically living, like just, just to serve as fertilizer, just to serve because he the way he talks about the fungus in the end and like how uh, it reacts to you, and he's like, it's the only way to make them feel alive. Like, don't you understand? Like, it's the only way to, to make them feel. And they, they hear you. And it was just like, oh, it was crazy. And then um, I would say uh, probably, oh, when um, Mason Ver- Verger gives himself the face peel, even though it's not oh, a death. eats his own face. Yeah. eats yeah. his nose because Hannibal tells him to. Yeah. Also, just nutty. And then my last two... Before I go into, you know, I'll let you guys talk. Probably be the human mural. Like when the guy, remember when he like pulls himself off and they're glued to each other and their skin is like mm-hmm. adhered. Yeah. And the guy tries to get away and his skin's just peeling off and all these people are like surrounding him just dead and he tries to leave and then he falls to his death because he's being chased. Yeah, that was mine. That one, like, yeah. because it's not really, I mean, it's a kill because he was going to kill him and stuff like that, but the, the way, because he survived oh. is what makes it so gruesome, like, having so. to peel his skin off and shit, I was like, oh, fuck, I can't watch this, like, I had to turn away for a second, because I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was a little intense for me. Yeah, I know. And then the poor, and then the poor bastard jumping off the cliff and, like, you think, like, oh, he might make it, he might get thump, no, hits the no. fucking rock, like, that was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't even know, like, there's so many, like, I, the fact that he makes he makes Abel eat himself or like yeah. the uh, the human totem pole was fucked. That was pretty fucked too, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then okay, then then I'll let you guys talk because I know I've stolen like all of them. Um, yeah, you pretty much had every kill. So. <laughs> no, 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 I did, I did not. I did not. But the, the girl, remember he gives the girl a comb when she's in her chamber? Yeah. Oh, yeah. George from uh, Dead Like Me. Yeah, from Dead Like Me. Yeah. He fucking sets her on fire. Yeah. Oh, so fucked. <laughs> so fucked. But yeah, probably the first two to three that I mentioned are the most intense. Like the oh fuck the mushroom one still gets me. Blech. And that was season, that was episode two. Yeah. Like yeah, But yeah, I'm sorry. You guys have you guys you guys want to go? <laughs> I leave Mark, Mark, are there any left? <laughs> or do you want to elaborate on any of them? Well, like. <sighs> I like I, I like the creativity of the kills, so like yeah. I do enjoy that part of it. But like, it is so like <sighs> it kills any kind of like eventually starts to kill kind of the realism of it or like the my immersion in the show because really? they're so fucking weirdly over the top. Like it's like the comic book version of oh, like when the like, um, serial killer kills and stuff like that because it's so elaborate when he kills the judge. Yeah, or like the uh, the heart, the folded heart thing when he's in Italy. Yeah. Like I'm like on on the on the tips of the broadswords kind of thing. Yeah. Like that that stuff. I'm like, this is a little this is cartoonish almost. Like it, it veers very heavily into like I don't even know, like gothic horror kind of stuff as opposed to like yeah. anything that's even vaguely realistic anymore. Like it just becomes mm-hmm. a Or like when, when he cuts up the body of um the one of Beverly Cats. Yeah, of Beverly Cats and Yeah. 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 Like like and that's all the something slices. Yeah, like, that's something you would see in, like, I don't even know. Like, that's, like, a comic book thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's so <laughs> elaborate. Like, it's so insanely elaborate that I'm, like, okay, yeah. this is taking me out of it. Because nobody can be, like, where did he get that glass? Where <laughs> the fuck did he get that glass? Yeah. 
like no no because he didn't plan for that kill mm. so he just had that glass laying around to do that with <laughs> but anyway <laughs> the one i liked because it actually looked like something that might actually happen was the angel wing one. Oh, like, that was so sc- like it's creepy as fuck but it's not like they he's growing beehives in bodies or some oh shit like yeah that, that like, was weird too uh yeah but this is so like i don't know how could you like the mushroom thing but not the beehives I didn't say I like the mushroom oh, thing. The mushroom thing just felt like a steal from seven to me. Really? Mm. Yeah, it's like sloth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it is like sloth. That, and that's it. Did strike me like that, but yeah, that was that was my favorite. Was the uh, the the mushroom one? Mm-hmm. Just because, like, I love that sort of. You know, you think they're and it is like directly a pull off from like the Fincher seven sloth kill. Um, where you think they're dead and then the one dude like comes back to life and is gasping and shit like that. But yeah. it really fucked me up um, in part because I'm diabetic and he was specifically going after diabetic. Oh, uh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. he, he was putting them into diabetic comas in order to yeah. keep them like sedated but alive. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I mean, just the visuals of that were really fucking intense to me. And that one yeah. didn't seem as outlandish as some of the others to me. Well, that was still season one. Like, they didn't go completely nuts with it till like the end of season one going into season two is when, like, it starts getting, like, really fucking elaborate. And I'm like, it's, I don't even know if it's physically possible to do what they're doing in yeah. that kind of time frame anymore. Like, yeah. You're stretching your credulity a little bit, which is, I mean, it's fine because it's not, it doesn't have to be realistic, but. No. Yeah. It treads, I think because of the way the show starts, it treads like in, like on that line of like procedural kind of realistic crime drama. Mm-hmm. And then it shifts gears really hard. And then it shifts re- like gears hard into like, yeah, like obtuse gothic horror. Like mm-hmm. it's just this crazy thing all of a sudden. So. I thought it was kind of interesting that like a few times, um, in the in the first season, they did have the most, I'd say, like quote unquote, realistic death scenes. Like, um, yeah, you know, they had uh, well, besides the winged angels, but because um, that was pretty, that was pretty intense. But like, they had the um, oh, what was the one I'm thinking of? Um, oh fuck! Cool story, Grandma. The one with the the one with the kids. Oh, that one was weird. That was. Or the uh, or the nurse that's lobotomizing yeah. people and getting them stung by bees. Oh yeah, that was, little, that was that was great. That? that was season two though. Um, yeah, was this two? yeah. But I was thinking. Um, I watched it all in like a day, guys. Like <laughs> everything's just kind of one big blob of shit now. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The one that we haven't really mentioned yet that uh, I thought was pretty macabre and probably one of the ones that's a little more outlandish is the the cello. That's what I was trying to think uh, of. That's what oh, I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like where. Like playing his vocal cords with a bow and shit like that. And that one wasn't even Hannibal's kill. Like my two favorites aren't even Hannibal's kills. Like Yeah. Yeah. They're they're some of the, you know, the the freak of the week kind of kills kind of thing. But and I think that speaks maybe to like Hannibal's not in it for like necessarily the elaborately staged kills to begin with. He's there he's there for like the practicality. Like he's there to get his food, basically, yeah. right? And he's there to learn about Will. Yeah, I mean, he's there to, like, uh, he, he's killing these people because he wants their food. He just has to look like it is something more than that so he can throw, you know, so that they're not looking yeah. for him. So they're looking for somebody else kind of thing. It's kind of like the, um, the one of the most gruesome ones was the nurse shish kebab. 
Yeah, yeah, the the one that um Abel yeah. did. Gideon. To Gideon. Yeah, 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 his name's Gideon. Abel Gideon. Yeah. Um good old fucking Eddie Izzard just like rocking that role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking killed that. Yeah. I also love Raul Esparza, who's the director of the institution, but you were saying? Yeah. Those scenes with just um Gideon and Lecter at the table together as like yeah, like, as Lecter's yeah. slowly feeding him his own body are just so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, Eddie Izzard's uh, underrated talent. He's one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. he's yeah. Really? Oh, no, he's he's a funny guy, but it's just like they don't you don't see him get played in in TV dramatic shows roles. very often or like dramatic roles or stuff yeah. like that. Like, he doesn't get movies and shit a lot, you know. Oh. So yeah, whereas like I feel like he's very underplayed in that way. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I think I think we pretty much mentioned all of the major ones at this point. We didn't talk about the horse birth. Oh fuck! Yeah, that one was also pretty fucked up. Yeah, that was pretty gross. Guy was sewing his victims into horse carcasses. Yeah. yeah. And then when when um Vin um what's his name? Uh Mason had the pig Berger. Yeah. Um hold like uh harboring his wife his sister's baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, I'm going to throw one at you guys now that we're really deep into this more macabre stuff that uh, I hadn't given you ahead of time, uh, but that you probably could guess I was going to ask anyways. I'm going to preface this by saying, if you knew what the contents of Hannibal's meals were, and you knew that they were given willingly, like not that he'd like killed somebody and taken their organs or whatever, uh, or like it was an organ donor, like, you know, somebody that said, I'm going to die soon and I want you to eat me or something like that. Would you have eaten them? Nope. <laughs> Even though they look delicious. They did fucking look delicious. <laughs> oh my God. I felt so guilty every time I watched that damn show and I get hungry. <laughs> that was the worst part about watching the show is i was like fucking hungry the whole time i was like this yeah delicious give me the give me the, yeah. um <sighs> no probably not no i wouldn't because you know why i'm afraid that i'm afraid i would develop a taste <laughs> see i don't okay that's do you have like an addictive personality like yes okay I guess. I don't know. I've never... I, I'd i be curious, at least. You know what I mean? Like, would you not be curious? Yeah. I'd totally be curious. I feel like I'd be like, <laughs> I need to take a bite. Like, it just, I, I'm not eating the whole thing, but I'll have a bite, because I need to know. All right, I'll be the fucking weirdo and say that I would have. Yeah. I would have eaten every single fucking one. Yeah, all right. I'm... I'm I, I think I'm no. also, like, the biggest, like, food guy of our yeah, group yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and I love trying, like, interesting stuff. Like, I have had... Uh, People... There, there are certain things that I won't like. I've never had tripe before. I don't think. Actually, I might have. I've probably had it in pho before, actually. But I've had like organ meat and stuff like that. I've had liver before. I've had. I think I've had kidney. I've had heart meat. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's not like my favorite thing to have, but it's interesting and it's something different kind of yeah. thing. And uh, I'm, I'm all about those sort of culinary experiences. So fuck yeah, I would eat them as long as you know they were harvested humanely. Harvested humanely. <laughs> <laughs> or, organic and free-range human lungs. Yeah, Chrissy <laughs> looks really upset right now. Like, I just, I just got myself just like, put on a bunch of lists, folks. That's all right. 
Ugh, gross. <laughs> uh, I will say, but it looks so good. It, it does look so good. Oh my god! I, will, I could just if I smelled it, I don't know what I'd say. <laughs> it was such a nice little touch that uh, most of the episode titles, aside from the end of uh, season three, yeah. were courses of like fine dining meals. Yeah, like the first season was like a was uh, French dining. The second was Japanese, and then the first half of the third season was Italian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a nice little touch. All right, now we've gotten past that. This is where we get to sort of gush about the part of the show that we liked the most. Um, I want everybody to talk about which was their favorite season overall and why. Uh, let's now that Chrissy's severely weirded out. Let's go back to her. Uh, you know, this is hard because every season felt totally different. Yeah, I agree. Even like, halfway through some of the seasons, it starts to change. Like, yeah, calmly. that's why I think. Uh, Part of me wants to say season three, but honestly, I think my favorite is season one. Mm. I know some <laughs> people don't agree. I know because it was finding its footing and everything, but I think the reason I like season one, not because of the strength of its stories or because of the, um, you know, comparatively, it I liked it because it was brand new and taking a lot of risks that Fair hadn't been seen on TV before. And uh, it was... Hadn't been seen well, on broadcast It's before. on broadcast. But <laughs> it's it, almost like us, like us talking about how, uh, you know, Rick is our favorite character on Rick and Morty. Like, none of the rest of the stuff would have happened if not for season one doing yeah. the crazy shit that it did. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And also, like you guys were saying earlier, the, the deaths weren't so nutso that they were, like, hard to believe. They were... A lot of them were... Like, we got introduced to all these crazy, like, these characters and started to care about their lives. And the deaths were still creative without being so openly morbid over the top. <laughs> and it was it was when we were seeing Hannibal and Will really start to discover, like, the, the bond between them. And it was also mm-hmm. before Will was, you know, absolutely out of his mind for a while. Yeah. Which I I liked I liked season one Will because he hadn't been corrupted yet. He's like the, the sweet summer child Will. Yeah, sweet summer child, <laughs> autism spectrum, and <laughs> yeah, just like I don't know. I I liked the relationship he had with Bloom and Alan, Alana, and I liked the relationship that Hannibal had with um, Gillian Anderson's character. But do you? Because, like, I think, yeah. Bedelia DeMaurier, the most ridiculous goddamn name I've ever fucking heard. Dr. Bedelia DeMaurier. Come on. She's named after a cigarette brand. That's just, like... She's calling like, like there's no way that's a real fucking name. That's like like <laughs> Evil Lynn or like Sinestra or something like that. It's like the most <laughs> arch fucking evil sounding name of really? all time. Nah, it's still good. Well, like, <laughs> Deville, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, Evil Lynn. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's from He Man. That's legit. Don't argue yeah. with that one. But uh, there was just there was so much yet undiscovered, and we could like see things bubbling under the surface. So there was this constant like wonder about where it was going to go and it wasn't at a point yet where it was needing to you know become more and more um outlandish almost and it was like we really were seeing the like a more a Hannibal that almost had more humanity here than he did any other season 
I think he was easier to sympathize with in season one yes. than he was in the later seasons. But well, yeah, you didn't see him do all that awful shit yet, so. <laughs> well, he still had done awful shit, just not to people that we cared about. Well, there's nothing yeah. that you hadn't seen it yet, you know what I mean? Like, he's still kind yeah. of in that, like, oh, maybe he's just affably evil. Like, no, he's actually, <laughs> like, a fucking... He's pretty fucking He's arch. like the devil for like, all intents and purposes, so. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably, that's that's my my uh, reasoning. All right, we've got one vote for season one. Uh, Mark, your favorite season and why? I think we're going to end up an even spread here, but we'll see. You think so? Uh, season yeah. two is my favorite. Okay, it's the most evenly paced I found out of all the show, out of all the seasons. Like it's the be- the most cohesive, front to back, thirteen episode story. Whereas I feel season one goes from like it it takes like at least three or four episodes before it it really settles on like we're not just going to be a procedural with Hannibal Lecter in it and like gets into the character side of stuff. And then season two is where like it kind of solidifies. And then I found the the storytelling at the beginning of season three, like getting to be a little bit too arch. And then by the time you get to Red Dragon, it's like I've seen this before. I know this story really well. So like, it's it, like it, it was probably my favorite interpretation of that book, even though the ending is completely fucking different. But I think season two is the most consistent. And like, yeah, I know I bitched about the kills getting crazy in that season. That's like not necessarily reflective of like the character work and like the writing and stuff like that during that season. I think that's where they're at their strongest. So mm. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought Mark was going to go season three, mm. but uh, because mine is also season two and there's first off, I didn't want to do like favorite episodes because this se- uh, show is like so heavily serialized. Oh. There's almost no point. Yeah. I would have never like, been able to pick it. I would have had to like been, if you'd asked me that, excuse me, if you had asked me that before I started watching it again, mm-hmm. I may have been able to pick like an episode because I would have been looking yeah. for it. But you asked yeah. me now, I'm like, I watched it in a giant 36 hour fucking death march between sleep. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I am with Christy. Like season one had the most stuff that was like new and fresh. And especially in relation to the Hannibal Lecter story, it had more stuff that we'd never seen brought to life on the screen before. Yeah. Um, whereas season two and season three both had things where like we can go, oh, I knew that was going to happen because that yeah seen the story visualized before. Season two had the stuff with Mason Verger, and then season three had like the Italy stuff and the Red Dragon, the Italy stuff from Hannibal and the Red Dragon from Red Dragon. Yeah. But yeah, season one does really lay the groundwork, but season two, the tension fucking ramps up so hard, not just between Hannibal and Will, but with Jack and Alana as well, Uh, like Hannibal and Jack and Hannibal and Alana, like their little tryst and then Hannibal and Jack's like, uh, like at the beginning of the season. Normally, I don't like that sort of story device where they're like, here, let's show you what's going to happen at the end of the season and then spend the whole fucking season showing you how we got there. Yeah. But in this case, I thought it worked pretty well. That fuck, I want to talk about it later, but that fucking fight, it may be my favorite scene in the show. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that is the most brutal fucking thing I've seen on TV. Like, I was Morpheus like, and Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And like, so they cool. fucking beat each other. Like, it's, it looks, yeah. it's good. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to talk about that one later. So, and like, just with whatever the fuck they can grab well, kind of thing. Like, and I mean, like, not to get into it, but like, the, one of my favorite points I think would be underrecognized was the fight choreography. Cause the couple, the few times they don't go for it, like, every episode. It's not like a show where every episode has a giant brawl. But, like, when they mm-hmm. do get into the fights, it's like, holy fuck, you guys are doing really good work here. Like, everything looks awesome. 
it looks relatively yeah. realistic. That's why I think the the kills being so elaborate bother me because the fights are like they're like actual fights. They're like scraps. They're brawls. Like they're grabbing shit off the walls and hitting each other, and they're fucking using the walls to ram each other into. And yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's ramping him up just because he's a big enough, strong enough guy to do that kind of thing. Like he's got him like hung on his back and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's not. Like, you wouldn't yeah. see that in, like, Buffy or whatever, because it's just, like, these big kicky things, but that's how you would subdue somebody like that, right? Like, put him in a vulnerable position and keep him there until he fucking drops, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it was a tough call for me to pick season two, because season three has some amazing fucking points in it, Yeah, but I think it's overall, like, the most uneven season. Yeah. Like, there's parts of it that are really fucking disjointed, they're sort of little B plots that are just weird and don't really fit in with everything else. Like that shit with the fucking Asian woman and Lecter castle and everything yeah. was, I was like, what the fuck is this? Get this out of here. I don't need this. I think that's supposed to pay off in season. Well, in the theoretical season four, I think that's supposed mm-hmm. to be kind of leaning into something more there, but yeah, who knows now? Right. But yeah, you yeah. know, I'd like, I agree with you on season three, like that, especially the Italy portion of it. Like, I just like they're doing all that Rashomon storytelling where you're just like all over the fucking place every couple episodes and I'm like I don't fucking really know what's going on anymore why are we back here again like yeah. you're repeating scenes and then extending them a little bit and then cutting back to the beginning of this like, what the fuck is happening so I felt like the, the beginning of season three was like a little uneven until they get to the verger farm yeah. and uh, we talked about this online today or I believe it was yesterday I can't remember it's all been kind of blurry but I fucking hated the guy who played verger in the first season or second Michael, season. Michael Pitt. Yeah, he's playing like the worst Heath Ledger like impersonation. <laughs> so when they, they went back to it in season three, or like the character showed back up in season three, I was like, oh, fuck. And I messaged the guys and they're like, it's somebody different. I'm like, he still kind of sucks, but he's better <laughs> than the other guys. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Michael Pitt uh, played uh, Mason Verger in season two. And yeah, it was just like total cartoony, like out there, like didn't fit with anything else like chewing on the fucking scenery when nobody else was kind of thing really obnoxious well it's like it's like that that was that one stood out so badly too i probably stood out more when i watched it originally because that would have been like the dark knight would have been fresher but like Mm. all his cadence and shit was just like poor man's heath ledger and i'm just like oh for fuck's (laughs) sakes dude like see all these other people around you acting and you're doing a fucking bad impersonation like come on Yeah. yeah But I, I like Michael Pitt as an actor. Like he, um, He's good. It, like I like, I really liked him in Boardwalk Empire. Um, I really liked him in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, but yeah, this is just not his best role. Yeah, Boardwalk Empire is on my shame pile. I'm not finished that show. Oh, it's so fucking. I watched good. the first three seasons and then I fell off because I couldn't watch it episodically. I I will. I got to sit down and watch it at some point. I've heard good things. So yeah, it was really good. It ended really strongly. Did it? Nice. Yeah. But, uh, okay, where was I? But yeah, the other thing I really missed in season three was that it didn't have the... Uh, one, it didn't have as much of the sort of interesting kills, and let's be honest, I'm a fucking like horror nerd. Like That's one of the main reasons that I like this kind of show. But it also didn't... We lost all of that like uh, looking sort of behind Will's eyes kind of thing, like where you could see him visualizing the yeah. scenes and like empathizing with the killers and stuff like that. And that was one of the that was one of my favorite things about the show overall as well. Like as soon as I saw that in the first episode, I was like, "Holy shit, that's intense!" Like that that as a character device, yeah, exactly. Like the wipes back and forth, and then him like embodying and like acting out the kills kind of thing, like. 
really puts you in his fucking head and makes you realize like yeah this guy's head is not a fun place to be in. yeah it also like it kind of it i'm not sure if i can say it's derivative of something else or if it's just like i've seen it before so many times like they they use that device a lot mm-hmm. in other stuff that i've seen like it plays really heavily in millennium like him having like uh yeah which i thought was actually kind of interesting they had lance henriksen as a as a killer um, I thought that was a nice shout out to his role as like one of these kind of like Hollywood profiler kind of guys on that show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, that sort of transitions. Uh, we've already talked about our favorite season. Now I want everybody to just touch on what there. There's a lot of great things about Hannibal. I want everybody to pick one sort of overall element that is really like what made the show for you your favorite element of the show whether it was effects the cast the production design the writing the cinematography because it's a very fucking cinematic show as well um christy what is your favorite element of hannibal Ooh, well i love watching mads act excuse me he's unbelievably good um as hannibal i think he's my favorite hannibal i prefer him i'll say it i prefer him to anthony hopkins because I think it's a tough call. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> They're playing very different characters. They're very too. different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like the humanity that I see in his Hannibal. And the- really, I thought he was much more foreign than I was going to say. I, I find him much more. Yeah, exactly. Like I thought I, Anthony Hopkins. I'm like I could see bumping into and on not, the street, and not just the accent. Yeah, but I mean, like Mads Mikkelsen. I was like, they're. And maybe it's because I read a bunch of stuff about after after the fact, but I'm like, he's really not he's not human. It's a fucking stone cold killer. Yeah, like he's like a demon. Like he's not really playing him. And because you look at it when you I found out afterwards, he was playing it not like he was like a human. He was actually playing him like he was Satan. Like that's how he mm-hmm. thought of the character yeah. kind of thing. Like this is like an angel fallen from grace and like just loves the carnage he can do just by manipulating and fucking with people. Like that was how he was yeah. playing it. So. I was like, uh, it's a, like there's such different takes on the character at that point mm-hmm. that I, I choosing one is kind of like it's almost a moot point for me. So yeah, fair enough. Brian Cox, Brian Cox is my favorite. <laughs> no, no, you're wrong. You're objectively wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sorry, Christy, we cut you it's off. Okay, I'm just gonna shake my head. Um, <laughs> but um, I think. Besides, like, the, the script was always incredible for Hannibal, but um, I think I liked the cinematography the best. I think that's my favorite part of the show, how artistically beautiful it was. Yeah. Every episode was painstakingly edited to perfection. Yeah, like, it was really is a like, stunning example oh. of, like, gothic horror yes. um, in particular, which isn't something that is really done anymore, especially not to that that sort of artistic degree. Yeah. Like, from the, from the opening credit titles right to the end of the episode, you are transported to a, like, a world within ours that is just, uh, I don't know, the world of Hannibal was extremely well thought out and um, extremely well executed. I just, I don't know from every shot and every, they paid so much attention to detail. Yeah. Um, and for a cable show, it's not a cable. Mm-hmm. It's not a cable show though. It was though. No, it's not. It's NBC. It's broadcast. Yeah, oh, it was NBC. Oh, I'm sorry. 
for a broadcasted show anyway. Network like television. for network television that wasn't HBO and wasn't Showtime. Like it was it was beautiful. It just it felt very highbrow. For a show about a guy that's eating people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably I'll agree with that. That's probably what my favorite element is. Alright. Mark, your favorite element of Hannibal. Um, that was the first one that came up for me too, was the visual, like the styling of the show, like the production mm-hmm. design and the cinematography. Like that caught my eye. And it maybe um I did this and we didn't talk about this at all, but Christy and I saw Blade Runner together this weekend. Which was also a fantastically well shot, like fuck oh, yes, yeah, like uh, like so good. Still, we'll we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, we're gonna talk about Blade Runner next week. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. But yeah, so I was just like in cinematography mode, like just watching camera moves and shit like that because of that movie. Because I was just like taken aback by it. So when I went back into Hannibal, I was like, I mean, it's not the same level, obviously, because like budget difference but like for a tv show it was so everything was so well composed and everything that's what i'm like, saying so yeah, well done. beautifully framed yeah and, all yeah. really well framed and like the effects were like for a tv show like those effects were fucking good like oh yeah there's one shot in particular where i think i think it's um alana's coming at will like a version of her is coming at will like he's hallucinating or something like that and it yeah turns into like a, a splash like it just as it hits his lips she like engulfs him in water like she turns into water kind of thing and i was like that was so fucking well done i actually rewound it and watched it again i was like that's really cool like so they did such a great job and then the makeup effects obviously like the in-camera yeah. stuff like all the whatever like people getting their lips ripped off and shit like that all looked really good so yeah the practical effects were done really really well yeah so yeah, I, yeah like visual i mean like i mean me saying that means we're now all talked about cinematography the sound design is also awesome on this show and then mm-hmm. like um because like I, I like you tim i wasn't always 100 percent paying attention to it so a lot of it was just kind of like i'm working and listening to the dialogue but also listening to the score and like the way they're doing the sound design and stuff like that i was like wow they did a really Thank good job you. Putting that together. Yeah, like all that dissonant kind of like stuff going on to kind of unsettle you the whole time. It's very well done. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Tim? For me, like when I first started out watching it, it was really like the elaborate kills and the effects and stuff like that. That was what hooked me at the start. But then the more that I got into it, it really became like the psychological play. So I guess that falls under like the right writing slash cast. And that was really just what kept drawing me back to it was just wanting to see where Lecter was going to push Will next. And in the you know couple of cases that it was actually Will that was manipulating Lecter and stuff like that yeah. and that kind of thing. That was really what just kept me sort of edge of my seat coming back to it over and over again. So I guess the drama overall. Yeah. Um, that being said, I mean, I definitely agree with you guys. Like it was beautifully, beautifully fucking shot. But I've seen shows that are beautifully shot, but they're just fucking hollow. Yeah. Like the story's not there kind of thing. And you're just like, okay, it's hard for me to get invested in this. I can, you know, appreciate it for how it looks, but it's not really sucking me in kind of thing. But yeah, I mean like in like the Lecter and, and uh, Will stuff. And then also the Lecter and Alana stuff in particular, those were the two like really driving forces for me that kept me coming back to it over and over. I was super impressed with, um, with Lawrence Fishburne actually too. Like I've always liked Lawrence Fishburne, but like I found he was as like being the grounding force in the show too. Like he was kind of the everyman more or less in the show. Like he's, he's the non crazy insane guy. Um, Yeah. 
on the show. I yeah. thought he was. He well, Lana doesn't do. start out crazy insane. She gets there after. Gets there. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but even but even then, Jack stays grounded the whole time. Like he's still just yeah. like that FBI. Like I'm an FBI guy. Like that's what I do. So that's what his grounding is, kind of thing. So yeah. I thought Lawrence Fishburne did a really fucking good job. So yeah, he was also really like he was really aggressive at the beginning, but. Like, I, I liked how his, you know, once you figured out why he was so, like, almost obsessive about Will because of what happened to his um, previous partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he, there's a lot of depth to him and everything going on with his wife. And I know. Yeah, that was heartbreaking. Ugh. Like, his performance in dealing with, so uh, with Bella and everything, that was really fucking rough. Yeah, and they protract yeah. it, too. So you just really get to, like, fucking. Yeah, where she tries to kill herself. and Yeah. And then and Hannibal doesn't let her. And yeah, you really get to they really drag you through that whole fucking process over the course of uh, the year that they do that story arc too. So yeah, and that's what like that's sort of the point where like I feel like Lawrence Fishburne really like that's where he caught my attention was like he was just playing everything so well like the being distracted mm-hmm. on the job and having to deal with like uh, Bella like Phyllis and then like all that kind of stuff. It was like just he was just really killing it. And I mean, Mads is there and he's doing like a fantastic job and he's holding the whole show together. But I felt like um, it was like Lawrence Fishburne was helping him hold it down kind of thing while yeah, like, yeah. doing the other side of that kind of job. Yeah. So. Well, while we're just uh, gushing over cast members, we can we can do that now, too. I, Anna Shlumsky was really fucking good in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, her turn as what Miriam Lass, uh, like she played that like sort of. I mean, both both dimensions of it, yeah. like the you know eager trainee kind of thing, yeah. and then like the seriously damaged victim or survivor kind of thing, were both really really good. Yeah, it's as close as we're probably ever going to get to like actually Clarice Starling showing up on the show. So like that was mm-hmm. what that character was there for. But yeah, she did a really yeah. good job. I like that actress though. Like she's really good. She's fucking hilarious on Veep too. Like she keeps showing up in like very disparate things. Like when she showed up on this, I was like, oh, I forgot she was in here. And then, like her whole arc, I was like, "Well, this is way more serious than she ever gets to be on the on Veep, right?" That I'm kind of used to seeing her on now. We're on my girl. Sorry, I gotta go. Well, yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, her and uh, I mean, we talked about Catherine Isabel last week. Yeah. 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 Like she does. A, she oh, does can, uh, <laughs> that's nice. Hear Christy blowing her nose in the background. This is staying in, folks. Yeah, we're leaving that in. <laughs> She's gonna be so pissed when she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, she was she was really good and and also hot as fuck. Jesus she fucking Christ, is she dying? <laughs> what is yeah allergies or something? I guess maybe, maybe she's caught what Mark has. <laughs> uh, and Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall as that one CSI agent too. That was a really, every time every time he was on, yeah, he was great. He was fucking uh, in the finale was his best. Like when they're like really going crazy about. Um, Dollar Hyde having shot himself, but it wasn't actually him, and they're going through the whole thing like they're really super excited, going mm-hmm. back and forth explaining it to Jack. I was like, "That's fucking hilarious!" Like they were, it was like very unexpectedly comedic kind of thing. Yeah, like for, especially yeah. for that show in like what is like the ultimate like this is the end kind of thing, right? And then they have yeah. this beat where it's just like two guys just being like really. Oh my god, this happened. Oh my god, really excited about it's something really that him. you really shouldn't be excited that excited about, but. Yeah, whatever. Get your rocks off, I guess. So yeah, they were always, and that was one thing. Like there were always like some lighter sort of beats, kind of thing. Like Will would have like some really dry humor or something yeah. like that, kind of thing, and come through. And then 
the CSI agents and stuff. Yeah, some of uh, some of Hannibal's little fucking zingers too. Every once in a while, like he'd get off a good one every yeah. couple episodes, and I was like, oh, I like that. Good, good on you, buddy. Like, yeah, that was a good play. Yeah, or or something that's just like you know, just between you, you, you and him kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're like, ah, it's funny because you eat people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get on the joke sometimes. It's kind of fun. So yeah, and it did. It did play a little bit into that sort of hammy kind of thing yeah. with those sorts of jokes a couple times as yeah. well which was yeah. which was fun yeah do you what's the actor who plays will's name do we have like do you guys do you have it handy uh hugh, hugh dancy okay does he not look like charlie cox and the guy who played ramsey bolton just like mashed together <laughs> yeah yeah i can see it all i could see was like at first it was like charlie cox and then as he gets more and more disheveled i was like oh he looks like that dude who played ramsey bolton that was in misfits that i just <laughs> i hope the actor dies i hate him so much because of his characters <laughs> yeah i don't think he's even really been in much else besides yeah i didn't see him being in a ton of stuff so like this felt like it was first thing so but yeah like, he's really good. Like he does a great job, but just yeah. like the whole the scruffy in the chin, like I was like, holy shit, he looks just like Daredevil. Like if Charlie Cox like decided he didn't want to do Daredevil anymore, hire this fucking guy because he's ripped yeah. too. Like he's all cut who up. Who was this? The lead. Hugh Dancy. The guy who played Will. Will. Oh yeah, no, he's great. Yeah, yeah, and played like that, you know, autistic side of things really, really well. And like him, some of my favorite scenes in the whole fucking show are just him with the dogs kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love, yeah. yeah. I'm a big dog guy. So I was like, anytime, like I was like, please don't fucking hurt any of those dogs. I'll be so pissed at you if you hurt one of those dogs. So yeah, <laughs> Honestly, I think they, they all make it out. Like they get poisoned at one point by dollar hide. Yeah. Other than that, I think they pretty much all make it out unscathed, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, yeah, I don't think any of them die. I think, yeah. yeah, one of them, one of them gets like injured at some point by yeah. somebody, but nobody, none of them actually actually by that, hurt by that weird kid with the fucking jaw thing. Right, right, right. Yeah, with the the bear yeah, bear jaw, the bear, the bear jaw. suit or whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that, that's the only time they play, they use the dogs as drama. Like at any other time, they're just kind of like hanging around, being awesome, like dogs do. Yeah. So. Yeah. How dogs be? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the next question I have might be one that I don't think that I asked ahead of time as well, but I want to know whose side you guys were on. Who were you rooting for in this show? Um, even if it like changed throughout the series, uh, like who who do you think was like who do you want to come out on top? Will. Yeah. Always. Even when Will like starts to sort of like go over to the dark side kind of thing, you're still on his side. Here's the thing. We all have to, at some point, go to the dark side. <laughs> but I was, I actually, okay, this might sound crazy, but I was kind of hoping that Will and Hannibal would fall in love and find a little cabin somewhere where they could just... Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that what that show's about? That's, this show that's is the like... Sh- that's the shipping, uh... This show version. is... This isn't... That's the fan fiction version. It's fucking barely shipping by the end of the show. <laughs> like, they, they legit, he legit has dialogue with Julian Anderson. I think Anderson. it's pretty platonic. No. No, it's not platonic. He has dialogue with Julian Anderson asking him if Hannibal is in love with him, and then she's like, "He probably is, but are you?" And he kind of sits there and pauses and broods for a second. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, just kiss already, like get over it. Well, that's what people were hoping the fourth the fourth season was going to be was them yeah, exploring their relationship. Yeah, uh, uh, like, we'll get to that. It was like weird fan it. fiction, weird fan yeah. fiction at that point. I don't know. That's what I thought was happening. Like when he when he grabs him to like bring him down over the cliff at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. I was like, is he going for a kiss? And then they start to fall. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'd be um, all for it. They're beautiful men. I wouldn't mind watching that. But like, you know, yikes. They weren't exactly yeah. subtle about it if they were trying to be subtle about it. <laughs> no, that was the whole point is they weren't subtle yeah. and it was amazing. Yeah, like no fucking <laughs> just like staring at each other all the time. I was like, I was turned on watching them. Fuck, so was I, and I'm <laughs> theoretically. I don't know. I guess I was just oblivious to that. Oh my god, really? Yeah, no, Watch I was it like again. I mean, I definitely got some like hints of it kind of thing, but uh, I didn't think that it was that overt. Oh no! By the end of, by, especially season three, like af- in season three, where he's yeah, he's acting like a scorned lover, like chasing him down to Italy and shit. Like it's so like right on the nose. Like it's really, it's really well done. Like I, like I don't mind that any of that's there. It's just like, yeah, it's it's very on the nose. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's it's true though. Like yeah. everyone's like, oh oh, they're lovers. And you're like, yes. That's like. Half the subreddit, like, I mean, it's like a year or two down the road, but like half the subreddit, like, that's all the questions that are in there. It's just like, are they like lovers? It's like, yeah, except <laughs> everything except for like actually putting it in. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that too. Yeah. We just don't know, guys. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark, does that mean you're on Will's side as well? No, I'm a Jack guy all the way. Okay. Yeah, I was like, like he wanted, he wanted what was right. He wanted the bad guys put away. Like, Will starts getting like, I like the character, but mm-hmm. he starts getting kind of dark and getting a little nebulous. Like by the end, mm-hmm. and the only other character that is like sympathetic, like that yeah. you stay with the whole way, is Alana, and she starts getting pretty fucking she grim by the end too. So I was weird. But at least, like, she got weird in like a in like a vengeful kind of way, though, which I kind of yeah. am okay with. I bought that one for sure. Yeah. Also, like, the, as soon as they changed her into the more gothy kind of outfits, I was like, "Nice, I like it." <laughs> nice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but no, I was like, I think uh, I think Jack was like, yeah, he's just one of these fucking crazy people off the street. Like, how could you not back that up? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a, there wouldn't be a story for the show if they did that, but at the same time, like, there's people are like doing fucking weird skin origami with people. No. Like, they should not be Wait. allowed on the streets anymore. <laughs> See, my thing, I was with Jack for a while, but when Jack uh, bought into Will being the Chesapeake Ripper and everything, that was when I sort of lost a lot of empathy for, for Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Rather than realizing that he was being manipulated kind of things. You know, he's yeah. like high-level fucking FBI, FBI operative. He should have yeah. been able to figure out that he was being played kind of thing, even though he's being played by ostensibly a fucking like, high-level genius kind of thing. <sighs> well, fuck, he's being played by the devil if you want to believe the show at this yeah. point. So, like... <laughs> he, was very, he was very devilish. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I, I was on Will's side, but I, I wanted to believe that will was the one ultimately pulling all the strings like no, will was yeah. manipulating hannibal the whole time and like stringing him along kind of thing um and and ultimately was gonna end up like leading to hannibal's capture like i i know that will had been like tempted by lector like his pressure to become a killer or whatever but ultimately like you see him with the dogs like will's clearly ultimately a good fucking guy yeah even though he has to embody the minds of all these killers and shit like that but uh i think i think i want to think that like that also let him convince lector that he went over the to the dark side even though he didn't but that's why i I was rooting for will because he was so like well he was you want him to you know outsmart lector outsmart lector yeah 
you want it so bad and you're like, oh God, and you know he's playing the game, but like at the same time, you're you're kind of wondering whether or not he's, you know, really given in to the whole sensuality of what Hannibal's like offering. Like, it's just, oh God, it's just, there's so many layers to Will. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, all the characters, there's a lot of fucking depth to you. All right. Well, we are, let's see. This might be our shortest episode ever. I've got a couple more questions. We always come back to gripes and everything, even the best things, we always find something to gripe about. Do you have, we've already talked about Verger and season two was pretty, a pretty fucking shit performance. That's one that I definitely agree with. Was there anything else that really like stood out to you as you were like, that really sort of took me out of it or something like that besides what we've already talked about a couple but yeah i think i was the one like i I griped about the like the ostentatiousness of the kills i think is probably the way the best way of putting it like that gets a little like i said yeah i said it i think it's cartoony eventually some of them i was like yeah all right you're kind of taking me out of it other than that they don't There's a lot of stuff if you follow a lot of serial killers, stuff that you like you listen to the podcast Christy and I listen to where they talk about people getting like 90% of the time it's it's about them getting like a sexual kind of release when they do these kills. And they didn't do any of that. Like you never get that impression at all in the psychology of any of these guys. It's just like I want it's almost like they're all just weird performance artists more than anything else to just happen to use humans as like their medium of choice kind of thing. Like it's the weirdest behavioral science unit I've ever seen on television. Cause they all <laughs> just seem to be making art pieces and installing them in weird places. You know what I mean? Like it's very strange. Or they're like trying to get a connect, a weird connection to something or something like that. Like yeah. with the dude that was doing the, the mushrooms and the fungus and that. Kind yeah. Of or, or dollar hide, like the red dragon kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. But yeah. Cause like the closest they get to showing that, like, when Julian Anderson kills Kmart Spock, what's his name? <laughs> Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto. Um, she yeah, looks like Spock. Well, he's not a good Spock, guys. Like, <laughs> he's not a bad Spock. No, he's not. He's not the worst Spock. No, he's compared to the original. He's mediocre at best. Mm-hmm. You can't compare him to the original because the movie is not like the original series. I know, but no, let it go. No, anyway. <laughs> But when she kills him, she looks like she gets like some kind of sexual release from it. Like she looks a little orgasmic or post orgasmic kind of as she yeah. falls back. Anybody else you don't see, they all just look like junkies or some shit like that. Like that's more or less how they play it. It's not. Well, but she's a junkie at that point, right? Like isn't yeah. she being basically drugged by Hannibal that whole time, or that's her story? Anyways? No, this that's well before. It's that's supposed to be before. So maybe she was the whole time. Maybe not. Maybe she just gets manipulated into it. Like yeah. you can argue she's just as fucking horrible. Like oh, she is a sociopath she's, she's as he is kind of thing. Like she's the queen of hell to his king kind of thing. Like yeah, like those two characters went together very well. And also, Jillian Anderson looked absolutely fucking amazing in every episode so <laughs> i'll agree with that yeah all right chrissy was there anything in particular that jumped out at you that you were just like yeah i could do without that part of hannibal i thought there were a couple of episodes i couldn't tell you which they were but when because it, it's been a while since i've watched the whole series i got back into it for this episode i i almost finished season one in the last two or three days. But um, I remember watching it and feeling like sometimes they really, really pushed some elements of the story. And maybe it's because I binged it, but like sometimes Will was over the top Mm -hmm. with like the hammering into our heads that, 
you know, he he was struggling. Jack, why are you making me do this? I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Just heavy handedness kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish they'd explored his relationship with Alana more in those first season, season and a half. Because, like, I would have liked to see them together. And I don't know. I I found myself just sometimes it was more the it's it's more the heavy handedness of some of the plot stuff they were trying to hit us over the head with. And there were moments I was just like, okay, we get it. Will is experiencing trauma. Okay, we get it. Yeah, because they also lean into like in season three, it starts to turn into more. It's less Will is having trauma and more Will is tempted by the dark side, like Palpatine is offering him his hand kind of thing. It's like, all right, just make a fucking decision already. Like, get off the fence. We're at war, buddy. Like, come on. Yeah. So the Will character that that eventually, like by season three, the Will character starts to annoy me a little bit because it's just like, Mm -hmm. he's so like, he's tempted by like, yeah, he's just, I don't know. It just, yeah. He seems pretty, he ends up being pretty, feeling pretty weak-willed, I think, by the end yeah. of the kind of thing. Like, pretty easily manipulated by the end. Yeah. Like, wh- when he's been through all this shit already with uh, Lecter, and he knows that this is a game he's playing, but he's still letting himself being fuck- be fucking played by it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that starts to get, a- that started to annoy me, especially, like, on my watch, like, rewatching it. I was like, oh, dude, just, like, yeah. if somebody just shoot him, like, shoot Play one of them. like a fucking fiddle, dude. Yeah, like, every time. <laughs> That's why, like, when you were saying, like, you hoped it was Will pulling the strings the whole time, I'm like, I would I would not believe it if they had done that. Like, if yeah. they went back around and been like, oh, no, he had it all figured out the whole time, I'd been like, horse fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's no fucking way he did yeah yeah <laughs> he he manipulated himself into having uh abigail's uh ear put down his throat yeah like <laughs> fuck's sakes i don't know so so there's like there's that i don't know do you have anything else christy no you know i really thought it was a very well put together show and my gripes are minor at best mm-hmm. but i agree with what you guys have said and i, I just kind of I don't know. There wasn't a ton that made me gripe about this. I just think that um, I would have loved to see more of the show because I feel like in three seasons there wasn't uh, there wasn't a ton of time to make a lot of mistakes, which I appreciate. But I still, I guess, my biggest gripe is that I felt unfulfilled by the final episode. Okay, can I? Can we? Can we talk about the final episode, or like, do we want to? Because it's part of my gripes that the, yeah. the last episode of season three is like. A total fucking such a cock tease. <laughs> yeah, it's such a shit show. Like from the way they 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 botched the ending of Red Dragon to like the Sherlock Holmes ending, which is just like yeah, so ridiculous to them for some reason having a random really bloody Buffy fight <laughs> on a fucking patio. Like it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then pop music starts playing over top of it. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? They've never had like lyric music on the show at all it's always been classical or like dissonant kind of like tony score like tonal score or whatever and then all of a sudden they got some chick singing i was like what the fuck is going on this is so out like outside of what i was used to i definitely got the feeling that they were kind of like trying to wrap things up a lot faster than they wanted to kind of thing and they were rushing to sort of tie up as much as they could yeah uh, sort of thing and yeah it it was not a clean a clean cut at the end, let's yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, the bloody slow motion matrix fight was a little bit too much for me at the end. So I was kind of like, all right, like I'm rolling with it, but only marginally here. So, yeah. Yeah. I just found that I think you guys are right that they realized there wasn't going to be a season four. So they rewrote 
the final two episodes, two or three episodes yeah. to close it as much as they could. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's still talk that season four is coming back. Yeah. I saw talk even like as recently as like the last couple of weeks where there's yeah. still talk. like, I still see stuff about it. Like yeah. even like Mads himself, like I think he tweeted this week. It's just like, we're just waiting for Brian to be free and ready. And I was like, the fuck else is he doing right now? Like, I know he's probably busy with something, but he's not on star Trek. He's done doing another, uh, heroes revive. Oh, is that, did he do Heroes? Yeah, he's the showrunner behind Heroes, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I know he was, that was pushing a good, That was a good first season. Oh, yeah, the first season was really good, and then not so much after that. Yeah, yeah. That's a show that shit the bad. All right, so. well, well, before we start talking about the future, uh, so my major gripes were, one, the, mains, the main characters were all cast extremely well. There were some of the supporting characters that were middling at best kind of thing yeah. um and some of them and and it really speaks to the fact that there are some of them that we haven't even fucking bothered talking about kind of thing yeah like, that that were pretty significant characters but they just were so sort of meh that we haven't really talked about them like uh, oh, american gods that's what brian fuller's working on sorry oh okay you're right you're right yeah oh you know what it is the guy who does the score on hannibal is now working on american gods yeah. that's why their score so like yeah. mm. i apologize i thought tim i cut you off but like some of the performances were like freddie Lowndes, like she was oh, yeah. eh, pretty fucking obnoxious and oh, like yeah. more so than even she was kind of supposed to be kind of thing she was um, so we've, annoying. yeah i wasn't crazy about the red dragon stuff richard armitage was all right but it was just I felt like they drew it out too much. Like it was just too much build up and not enough payoff on it. Yeah, they're really weird and really nebulous about what he's what he does and like how he uh, finds the families too. Because they like offhandedly say social media, which is yeah. like yes, but like in the in the book in the movies he develops film and like movies and stuff like that. Like he r- works in a film processing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has access to people's home movies and that's how he gets to know the families. Like that's the backstory of it. Yeah. Whereas in this is just like, I guess he uses Facebook. And I was like, what? Like, that's <laughs> how you- <laughs> like that was, a- that's a weird fucking pull. Okay. But he's, he still does work in like a, like film development, but yeah, they, they don't play, play anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they never, you never get that. You never get the connection kind of thing. Yeah. That's yeah. how they find him in the movie. Yeah. True. So, um, and then the other two uh, CSI agents, the one that played uh, Beverly Katz, the Asian one, and then yeah. the the like vaguely Italian one, both of them yeah. were just like fucking throwaway for me. Like I could have done yeah. without them entirely. Agreed. Um, oh, I kept waiting for him to die. Like the the mouthy yeah. the mouthy the mouthy Gen Xer guy. Like that yeah. guy was like, just shut him up already. Like, <laughs> yeah, if anybody deserves to die in this fucking show, it's this dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this dude needs to go. <laughs> like you know, he's roofing women, right? Like that guy just—he <laughs> looks like that kind Green. of guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which guy was this? The the other the, lab tech. Yeah, the guy's name is uh, Brian Zeller. Uh, oh yeah. By, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, the other male, the non-gay, the non-gay male CSI agent, the non-kids yeah. in the hall. No, yeah, the non-kids in the hall, not the non-Scott Thompson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the one who wasn't awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I it, okay. Well, maybe maybe this is just me, but I was not expecting the um, longevity of Chilton. Um, yeah. Well, he lasted through the books. I I was. Oh, did he? Yeah, he. But I. He what was is, also actually, kind of useless. Like he, his performance was serviceable, but not. I outstanding. like Raul Esparza. He's he's way less annoying in this series than he is in the books and the fucking movies, though. Like the Chilton character, he was pretty movie. fucking annoying in the 
in the oh, show. I, I mean, he was annoying in the show, but that was the function of his character, right? He was yeah, meant to yeah. be an antagonist all the time. Well, it's supposed to be like kind of a, a, a shitty foil to Hannibal, like yeah. the, the guy that Hannibal looks... You get to compare Hannibal to in yeah. like professionally kind of thing, where like he's this fucking blowhard wannabe sophisticate versus Hannibal's yeah. actual, you know, like cultured gentleman kind of thing. Cultured um, eating people gentleman? Well, I mean like to the public <laughs> eye anyway, whatever. Yeah. But Chilton gets his high off of making people confess and like um, psychopaths come well, he's, forward. He's in it for fame. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to be Which famous. Which is why yeah. like his looks are so important to him and when he gets his lips bit off Remember that? Yeah, and gets his fucking face uh, oh, shot. He gets and, lit on fire. Oh, that that scene where he takes out like the implants in his face, and his face gets all fucking droopy and shit. That was fucking like those effects were phenomenal. Well, they, they must have just stolen the effect package from uh, the James Bond people because they use the same effect yeah. in uh, Skyfall. I want to say. Yeah, it's Skyfall. Heavier right. Bardem one. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. when he caught on fire. The, <laughs> can we talk about how big a butt monkey like every season he gets like more and more beat up yeah. <laughs> like, what, what, they have to kill him in the he's next just season. the whipping boy yeah yeah like he just like because when he gets like it was the first season when he gets he doesn't get shot he gets cut shot. open right it's Eddie no Eddie oh Izzard yeah Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard cuts him open because yeah yeah because he made him think he was the Chesapeake Ripper yeah, exactly. And How then does like he the next, that again? what's her name keeps keeps him on a respirator, and he doesn't like Alana. No, it's um, it? it's uh, the fucking reporter. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, it's Freddie, the one who's already forgotten her name again. Because yeah, exactly. So Annoying, unremarkable, pretty, pretty redhead. That's all I can remember about yeah. that character, really. The girl, girl from Brave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> If you get cut open like that, and he just plays with your guts, like you're in theory, you could survive. Like he didn't actually stab take anything stab. out, or anything. No. he didn't take anything out. He may have played in there a little bit, but other than that, like everything stayed where it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then it was season two when he gets shot in the face, which was like, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy can't win. <laughs> well, that's the whole point yeah. is that they were showing what vanity will do to you. Like he's robbed of his. Uh, his, well, his ability to do anything. His ability to do anything. Like, when they, then, like, the fact that he's holding his guts in that scene, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. And then he, he can't enjoy meat anymore after that as well, yeah. because yeah. Which is, his guts are all fucking, like, non-functional anymore. Which is funny, though, because when he uh, when they talk about Hannibal, he's like, it means I avoided a lot of weird shit after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he had some good bits in there. But that's so. what I'm saying. Like, I, I thought he was an interesting character simply because he... Like you said, he was a foil to Hannibal, and he showed the downfall that can come if you get on this guy's wrong side. Like, mm-hmm. he was a tragic character. Even though he wasn't that likable, he was tragic. Yeah. I find that, like, like I said, he's much more likable in this version than he was in the fucking, like, the movies and the books. Like, he was just, a, like, a shit in those kind of things. Well, he's a bit character, yeah. relatively speaking, too, but, wow, it's, it's pretty intense how, uh, yeah, how badly he gets it, like, over the course of the series yeah yeah and the only other thing that i had that was a bit of a gripe was the whole like feathered stag like wendingo thing that will keep seeing everywhere oh, like yeah. that just seemed like a little bit like sort of overly pretentious uh you know over the top kind of thing like it re- yeah. and they just well, kept coming back to it over and over and over again and, well it's, it's very like gothic horror like that's yeah. not the kind of thing they're gonna lean into and it's like there's all kinds of symbolism built into like the stag and like the combo, combining it with the crow and blah blah, blah 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 blah. That was the other thing. Like sometimes, like it was it was an extremely smart show, but I think sometimes they forgot to play to their audience a little bit. 
and they'd put in these things and you'd be like what yeah it's it's um it's occasionally like it's very pretentious yeah it gets to the point where it gets masturbatory at times yeah but it's also like it's the kind of it's it's the kind of show people like, I don't know. It's almost like self congratulatory. Like you watch this show, yeah. so it makes you fancy kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like not really. Like it's it is still like schlocky kind of like whatever horror fiction. You know what I mean? Like it's not whatever that mm-hmm. I don't know. But whatever. It was uh, it's a fun show. Like I enjoy it. But oh, I, it's super. Like it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah. Like that final scene. Uh, that final season was so twisted, though. Like. With everything that happened with um, the Werner siblings, Verger, Verger, Verger siblings. yeah, yeah, where she fucking he makes her infertile and yeah, there's some fucked up shit that happened in there. I do like the fact that they uh, they milk his prostate with a cattle prod. That was yeah. like, I was like that <laughs> just sounds really unpleasant. Like, like to get really- to get their Verger baby. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also we've barely talked about Verger and how fucked that was. I uh, I still maintain Gary Oldman played that character the best yeah in, uh, oh yeah he was absolutely fantastic. In, a, in a total shit show of a movie like a movie's fucking horrible but like <laughs> it's that uh can be, that can be one of our great performances and not so good movies yeah well everybody's like everybody's serviceable in that movie although that's kind of the point where uh anthony hopkins like i never really like anthony like he redeems himself in red dragon but like mm-hmm. His performance in hannibal is so over the fucking top that i'm like mm-hmm. yeah i'm not in this anymore <laughs> yeah all right uh, well, we've already talked a little bit then about uh, you know the the future of Hannibal, and that uh, obviously uh, I think Mark was the one that brought this up on our canceled too soon episode. Uh, it was either it was one of you two guys, it definitely was me because I hadn't watched it at that point. Um, did it show up? I probably yeah. mentioned it like offhandedly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there have been a lot of uh, there's been a lot of buzz about it coming back in some form, whether it's like a mini series or a movie or more seasons or whatever. I have a, uh, I have a weird prediction about or it. something. Yeah. yeah so that was so, my that's my prediction is that as all these networks go like uh, to their own app, like CBS style. This will be the NBC one. This show, this will be a show that NBC puts on. Like they'll bring it back and do do that show to get people to only sign streaming. Up. Yeah. Well, I think that's a smart, like of all the shows to bring back, this one's smart because they didn't realize the cult following it had till afterwards. Yeah. Same thing with Firefly, but Firefly's too far gone now. Too soon, Christy. Too soon. Wash. It's just a wash. Too soon, Christy. Uh, oh my God! Speaking of too soon, this guy I know, um, he posted this this link and it or this is a joke and it was like, "How long do owls live?" And the response was six and a half books. For the Harry oh. Potter, and I was like, "How dare you!" <laughs> so many people had written oh. back, like, "Fuck you!" Like, <laughs> why would you write that too soon? <laughs> Hedwig was amazing. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's just like the too soonness of everything is it's strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, yes, Hannibal, I agree, was definitely canceled well too soon. Um, but th- like I said, there has been a lot of talk about bringing it back. So I want to hear from you guys what you would want to see and maybe how you would prefer to see it come back and, and what sort of content you would want to see in future whatever seasons or movies or miniseries of Hannibal. Uh, Christy. Could, sorry, could you say that one more time? What do you want to see in the future of Hannibal? How do you want to see it come back? And 
what content do you want to see? Like what what unresolved stuff do you want to oh. see them or what what territory do you want them to go into? Well, I brought this up earlier. I want to see Hannibal and Will have a sexual relationship. <laughs> I don't know if I even need it to be love because I don't know if they have the capacity to love each other. You but, just want them to be to go on grinder together. Yeah, you just want to, you just wanted the bone down. Yeah, but I actually, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, it. I would I'm be cool it. with that being the half of the first season of it coming back, or like even three quarters. But then I would love to see them move into Silence of the Lambs. I think it'd be yeah. fascinating. They've done a lot of that already, though. I know. I want to like, see pre Silence of the Lambs. Like I want to see the in between. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know about the in between though. I don't well, we know. Don't, you don't you don't really get to know about it because it's not it's never been written. Gap, there's a gap between uh, Red, Dragon Red Dragon and. But that's why I'm saying I'd like to see how Will and Hannibal their relationship progresses and how that falls apart. Like mm-hmm. what drives him to be caught? Because I feel like he hands himself in because of his des like he could have hand himself in because of his desperation over the loss of the one last thing tying him to humanity, which is Will. Yeah, but or Bedelia. Well, I mean, in the books, Will doesn't fucking die, so He does? No, he doesn't. Yeah. And he doesn't in this either. Well, he no. could he could lose Will in the sense that he loses him emotionally, right? That's what like, I mean. Uh, yeah. And that's that's kind of what I would like to see, like I said, I, I'm maybe not as into the the Will and Hannibal relationship as you guys seem to be. But I, I wanna see I I think I only wanna see like maybe another half season of Hannibal Free. Yeah, that's what, yeah, same. I, I've had enough of him like funnick and running amok kind of thing. And and that gap in between, like like Mark said, in between like Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs, where he's basically imprisoned. Uh, through that whole time i want to see that period like i want to see hannibal manipulating but from behind bars kind of thing yeah, yeah that was my that's my big takeaway like that's the one thing that i wanted to see like silence of the lambs at this point doing it like we saw how they did red dragon and i liked it but <sighs> there is it like the way that it first of all they fucking ended completely wrong but that's fine but they had to <laughs> um, yeah, they had to. I I understand why they did it that way. I still just like I'm like you had a really good thing going and you fucked it up at the end. So great. Yeah. Well, NBC but, uh, fucked it up at the end. Let's. Be well, yeah. They wouldn't have ended like that had they had the freedom. Well, no, they could have ended it like the book, which is the way you end that you end that story because it's yeah. actually like a satisfying ending, like the way the I movie. I gotta blow my nose. Jesus, are you okay? You gotta go blow her brains out again. <laughs> I have to mute that whole audio track. It's like <laughs> a fucking disaster zone. Um, but like, I don't know. Like, they've. I feel like they've touched on enough of the Silence of the Lamb stuff that like seeing it done. Because we've like with Anna Shamsky's character, they've already done like the the ingenue already, kind of like yeah. uh, trainee come in who's had to deal with Lecter. I mean, we didn't get to see the nitty gritty of it, but like you've seen Silence of the Lambs, so you kind of know what that's going to look like in theory. So aside from just like straight up doing Buffalo Bill, like. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like. I don't. I wish they'd ended it differently and just kind of put him in jail and called it a day, and then like maybe Silence of the Lambs happens, and we're done. But we're done for now. So, I. But yeah, I think like that's where the that that's the best stuff of best parts of Hannibal have been the parts that we haven't seen previously, and so that's what I want to see more of is that like 
uh, th- those gap years where like his early incarceration kind of thing, or even yeah. like him going through the trial and everything, and yeah. maybe like still f- uh, you know fucking with Will and fucking with the other members of the FBI in terms of like revealing other shit that he's done that they didn't know about and stuff like that. And there could be some crazy fucking flashbacks in there kind of thing too. And I wonder if they can incarcerate him though, because like, cause he writes that paper at the end of season three. That's like completely refutes his whole defense or something like that. Like him and Chilton are talking about it in like, I think it's episode 12 of season three. It's not in the out. I don't think it's in the last episode where they're talking about like, he just threw out his entire defense. So if he gets caught again, that defense doesn't work anymore. So like, He goes to like ostensibly goes to just supermax, right? He goes to jail. Yeah. So it's not yeah. really the same vibe anymore. Like he's not in that insane asylum. Like you have to go like walk through, like do the Batman walk through Arkham Asylum kind of thing to go talk to your nemesis guy kind of thing anymore. I don't know yeah. how it, how it works. I but mean, I mean, could just, but but he can could... wave all of it and then just throw him back in the insane asylum because he's too interesting. Like he needs to be studied or whatever. So. Well, and also, like, he also clearly ha- still has a lot of value to them in that he can still profile very, very well. And he mm-hmm. it could be the sort of thing, again, where, like, he, uh, you know, bargains his way into solitary confinement, in- into a better situation kind of thing, into whatever sort of, obviously, he's a master manipulator, right? So he just yeah. bargains his way into whatever, you know, sort of the best station that he can get kind of thing within, yeah. while still being incarcerated kind of thing. Yeah, um, which I feel like is kind of where we see him at the start of Silence of the Lambs, right? Like yeah. he's got his own cell; it's pretty well appointed for being a prison cell. He's clearly yeah. got a lot of like books and stuff like that. And yeah, so I'm not like I'm not against them like diving into that. I mean, I guess I think the actual problem is there's like a rights tie up with MGM owning the Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. license, so they just can't touch the stuff that's not originally from like Red Dragon or uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. So, and maybe even Hannibal. Well, no, I guess they did a ton of this stuff from Hannibal, so I guess they must be able to use that. So, but like all the stuff it says it's based on is Red Dragon. They never go into the yeah. Hannibal stuff. Like, necess- well, they don't say. Well, they credits. did though, because they, because well, they, the, they do the Italy, they do the stuff. Ver- yeah, the Potsy stuff Vergers. is all Hannibal. Yeah, and the yeah, yeah. and the Vergers. Yeah. So, uh, I I would like to see more Catherine Isabel. That may just be a personal <laughs> choice thing, though. So, <laughs> I just watched a movie that she was in. Uh, what fucking movie was it? Uh, you can edit this out. What movie did I just watch that Catherine Isabel was in? Jesus. Cool story, bro. Yeah. Ooh. Really, really oh, nail, really nailing this right now. Chrissy uh, comes back with a zinger. Uh, are you sick or something? My allergies are messing me up so hard. Yeah, fall allergies. I don't know, but like I'm. I can't keep my eyes open, and they're so sore, and I'm so sniffly. I apologize so much, listeners. This is probably disgusting. <laughs> it won't. The listeners won't hear it. It'll be editing Mark who gets to fucking listen to it. <laughs> no, I feel like you need to like take that first uh, take of her like blowing her nose for like two minutes straight and tag that at the end of the episode. Yeah, just like. <laughs> Was it really loud on you? I wish I, I wish I knew yeah, how to like. Definitely hear you. <laughs> I wish I knew how to do like an auto tune remix or something like that. And do something. <laughs> you guys <laughs> <laughs> these females are strong as hell yeah exactly <laughs> exactly backing up backing up backing up 
<laughs> uh, well, that was pretty much everything that I had. Did you guys have anything else that you wanted to say about Hannibal or where you would like to see it go in the future? Do you guys do you guys have a preferred Hannibal? We didn't, we kind of talked about it. But we didn't like make a make a decision. Yeah, Mads. The thing is, yeah, I would probably go with Mads as well, just because we've he was pretty even in his performance. Whereas, as you've already alluded to, Mark Anthony Hopkins was amazing in uh, in Silence oh, of the Lambs, I'm- but the others are spotty at best. The other microphone, Christy. <laughs> Unbelievably good. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hopkins' other performances as uh, Lecter were middling at best. Like, they, they had good moments, but they were sort of all over the place yeah. overall. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Mad say. I just think that. I think that it's what Tim was saying, plus the, uh, the fact that we actually got to flesh out this Hannibal. Which, mm-hmm. had we had that opportunity with. Anthony Hopkins. Also, those Hannibals had a totally different feel and vibe. But had we had the opportunity to see him in a longer performance of it where he had more time to flesh out the character? I don't think that would have helped because uh, that's what Hannibal was in. <laughs> but Hannibal was over He's an hour just, and a half. Each Just chomping fucking fence yeah. like that whole time. But I think that's partially the director and that's partially getting back into a character after you've been away from it for a while and I just think that what Mads did was he made Hannibal like just more accessible in a non-accessible way. I don't really know how best to describe it. <laughs> like you could, yeah, that didn't you make could any sense. see you could see <laughs> his the way his brain worked okay. better. And again, it's like, you know, that's the nice thing about TV versus movies nowadays, especially, is that because we aren't bound by the same half-hour laugh track principles we used to be, things are, the production value is improving, and you actually get a much more um, in-depth story. And I think that we just didn't get that with the Hannibal performances from Anthony Hopkins. Fair enough. enough. Mark, are you going to go with Hopkins, or? Uh, I I don't actually have a like choice between the two like if, like if i if i have to put take hopkins as a whole then yeah i'll take mads over him if yeah. i can just take hopkins in silence of the lambs and red dragon to a lesser extent but he's he's more even in red dragon like if like hannibal's that's a fucking nightmare like that's jack nicholson and <laughs> batman like it's way too much <laughs> but like the especially the Silence of the lambs performance is so fucking good yeah and it's so much more i have to keep saying this but like it's so much more grounded than the um, Mads' performance tends to be like the Mads one is just like you can tell, like, especially once you know that he's playing it, where he's just like master manipulator, like super evil guy. You you see that a little bit more. It's not as nuanced as just that Silence of the Lambs portrayal is kind of thing. Like I don't know, I don't know. I think Anthony Hopkins is like in that that one performance, the Silence of the Lambs performance is probably better that's, than anything. Well, yeah. that's the definitive one for you. Right, yeah, that's fair. Okay. Pretty phenomenal yeah. performance. Brian Cox, guys. Brian Cox. <laughs> I quit the podcast for you. <laughs> there you uh. go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think with that, we have uh, 
we've we've exhausted this topic and we just hit our two hey. hour mark. Yep. <laughs> uh, probably a little less than that once we cut out Christie's booger Sorry. times. Yeah. But uh, so you know yeah. I really want before we before we end, story Tim, I don't mean to cut you off. I would really love an episode where Christy was not either sick or fucking exhausted. That'll never happen. <laughs> just once. Just once. I need to never. see that happen. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Probably not. I think we do like I feel like the one time it happened was like a Saturday afternoon and like Tim and I were hungover. So yeah. like she made up for she made half up asleep or I some still shit. have energy. <laughs> Chrissy, you're barely keeping your eyes open right now. Yeah, but it's the end of the episode. Yeah. You're barely keeping your eyes open like fifteen uh, minutes in. So look at my allergies, okay? Come my come my allergies. I'm just busting your balls, man. I don't have balls unless you count the ones on my chest. <laughs> With that Tim end the episode. Let's we will it. thank you for joining us on Dance Robot Dance. Uh, please feel free to chime in on your thoughts on Hannibal or the uh, Lecter oeuvre overall. Um, you can do so on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash dance robot dance. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to our podcast, you can do so on iTunes or Stitcher or the Google Play Store or Apple Music or wherever podcasts are more or less uh you could uh follow us on twitter at drd underscore podcast you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com and i think that's pretty much it i think that's enough social media yeah uh so with that this has been tim and mark good night guys and christy oh we're not already done <laughs> Dang. We will see you next time. And this is my design. This is my design. Whoa. 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 Disa- disappearing blood spatters. Christy lazily, lazily trying to do a rendition of the. That's Hannibal how theme it song. sounds. It's all like <laughs> stuff. Go, go, I quit go the to, podcast, go to, guys. Go to sleep, Christy. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>